And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. Today's guest is our good friend, Augie Nost, author, on-air personality, seasoned aircraft pilot, hypnotherapist, UFO researcher, and cosmic explorer. Augie is a student of many sciences, including metaphysics, theoretical physics, and different forms and theories of spirituality, and he co-hosts the Broadcast Team Alpha Show. Augie, welcome back. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, thank you. I am right here, coffee in hand, and I'm ready to go. Well, I have my coffee too, so today we're going to have UFO talk with coffee and more. There you go. So, (laughs) exactly. So, tell us about the mothership that's in the news. Yeah, it's been in the news now for, I think, maybe a little over a month because I think they're preparing us for something because NASA came out and said that we believe there is a mothership that is coming out our direction from behind the sun. And then Air Force, the United States Air Force came out and said, yes, uh, actually NORAD, which is part of the Air Force, NORAD came out and said, yeah, we can see it. It's coming out from behind the sun. But we don't know what it is. And they're thinking it is a mothership. And then they said that if this is a mothership, they could be sending probes ahead of it to look at us and find out about us, they said. And and then the federal government come out and say, yeah, we've shot down some UFOs. Quite a few of them, actually, they have shot down. So these people in that uh, mothership they might be pissed because we have shot down their craft. So they're coming our direction and we're studying. We don't know what's going to happen. Well, that's why I think we are being set up for something. But let me wait on that one. Let me explain why they can honestly say they think it is a uh, mothership. Before you go there, let me just jump in here real quick. Is yeah. is anybody else confirming this with, you know, telescopes or anything? Um, no, it's a very good question. And, you know, most of the times that government officials move the lips, you know what they do. So um, it's it could be that we're just being set up for the lie. But... Mm. Uh, let me get into that science why they're saying it. They, they are explaining it in a way that sounds very plausible. And that is that they saw this object coming in from outside in the solar system going behind the sun and then coming around the sun and out on this side. What happens when they do that, any object that goes, when they go around the sun, and they're speeding it up. Actually, they get the slingshot effect that will make it come out of the behind the sun faster than it went in behind the sun. It is accelerating coming out. And that's, that's uh, you know, just regular physics. 
but they said that this one is accelerating a lot faster than it should for the amount of size that it has and the distance when they run that to the computer they see that it's coming out faster which they think is because it must have a propellant or an engine or something driving it faster than it should so they said this is not normal that is why they're saying that they think it's a mothership so it sounds plausible because we know about the slingshot effect Right, we saw that on Star Trek in the mm-hmm. 1980s. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there is plausible. But the thing about it is that uh, there's some really screwy stuff happening here. And that is that uh, about probably three months ago now, the NASA administrator, Charles Bolden, he was doing an interview and he said, we will have an alien invasion before the year 2025. He was immediately fired. And then a few days later, they rehired him and put him on permanent sick leave. I think I know why. Because when they fired him, he lost his wages, he lost everything, and he was on his own out there, and they were afraid what he was going to talk about. So they hired him back in, gave him back his salary so they can control him and what he says. Makes sense. And uh, this is something that uh, they they do. They, they want to make sure they control things and don't have too many leaks, you know? But... Uh, this mod, this mothership or whatever it is is coming our way. So they're saying now that, yeah, there's a chance of that alien invasion. Well, alien invasion from just one object coming around the sun that is not really big enough. They're calling it a mothership, but it's not really big enough to hold hundreds or thousands of ships in it. It's not that big. It is quite sizable, but uh, I have another theory on that that goes along with another government project, and that is Operation Bluebeam. What's that? Operation Bluebeam Blue Beam is a government project that has started all the way back probably in the early 1970s because um, uh, they've been talking about it and they had government documents that show that they're planning the last, the last, uh, they had terrorism, they were planning, they had viruses, they're planning the last one is an alien, fake alien invasion. And they're going to do that from satellites that beam a holographic image of a, of larger ships. And uh, they will have a whole bunch of them. According to the, um, if you go to the CIA website, you should find that document. Uh, you may have to poke around to find it because... Uh, uh, there's a place called the Reading Room. You may find 
the document on how they plan to roll out the fake alien invasion. It is done for one purpose, and that is to unite people because they're so scared they're going to run to the government and say, please save us. So they're going to funnel them into under one world government, and we know what that could be like. And I'm not so sure anybody alive that understands it would want that total lockdown tyranny. But this is what they're planning. If you find that document on the CIA website, you know, it's about 120 pages. It's quite voluminous. But to understand what they have planned for you is worth the reading. And uh, now the, the Navy and the Air Force is talking about this chance of an alien invasion. They have mentioned it sometimes. So uh, we should expect that they are planning to unroll this. And in the documents, they talk about how they are going to unroll it. There will be one day when people wake up and the sky is filled with ships, holographic images of ships. In between them, there are some real flying disks, which of course we have developed from crashed alien crafts, and also from the uh, Haunabu 1, 2, and 3 that they confiscated from uh, uh, the, the German during the 1945 invasion and takeover of that. So uh, they have these ships, they built them, and they uh, are not talking about it, of course, but they will have some of them in between those holographic ships that will be shooting at things on the ground, possibly, and creating fear but they're planning on some very sinister things. And if you one day wake up and see all those ships sitting in the sky or one big one, whichever one they decide, no, it's a fake alien invasion because this was already planned back in the 1970s when they didn't have the technology, but they planned on developing the technology to do this by the time they did it. We know they have done holographic testing for a long time. In about 1970, no, 1964 or something like that, there was an incident in Cuba where suddenly there was a big image of Mother Mary in the Havana Harbor standing above the harm, and they were a holographic image that was put there by the American military. They're hoping that the Cuban people will see that image and turn on their government and overthrow them and become more westernized and be more civilized society. But that didn't happen, of course. And now here we are. So they've been working on this for a long time. People send me stuff all the time on my Facebook account, and I'm pretty sure I have seen pictures of what looked like a mothership coming out of a portal next to the sun. Have yeah. you seen that? Yeah, but uh, that's the, the long, narrow one? Yes. That one? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is not the one. Because the description that NASA talks about, it is almost as wide as it is long. 
So whoever is putting that picture with it, they are just making things up. But this one is is more like uh, uh, is flat and it's long and not quite as wide as it is long. So that is what is supposed to come out from behind the sun. But there's another thing that they talk about in the uh, in the papers of Bluebeam, and that is that they need to unify even the fanatic, they call it the fanatically religious people. So they have plans, and the Christian's gonna love to hear this. And that is that you're going to see Jesus coming back. Mm. You're going to see him in the sky. He's going to be there. He's going to be big. He's going to be white. Of course, he's white. And a uh, long robe. And he's going to be talking to you. Using, he's going to be talking in your head, saying something similar. I don't know the words, but something similar like, do as the government tell you so they can protect you. And yeah, he'll be up there. And then, of course, we got to remember that since he's talking to you from a hologram, they're using another technology called voice to skull technology. What the earliest patent on that I found in 1978, where they are sending microwave beams to your head and they key a voice onto it. And when it hits your head, you hear the voice. Hmm. That's science, that's technology. And that will be used with it so you can hear the voices of the spiritual leaders that you're going to see. And don't worry, if you're a Muslim, don't worry. They're not going to discriminate against you. If you're living in Saudi Arabia and you're a Muslim, you're not going to see Jesus. You're going to see Muhammad and he will be talking to you. Wow. That's the plan. Well, I've had another guest on and we talked about that. There is a portal or a wormhole near Jupiter because it's basically a failed sun. And I could see potentially there being a wormhole near the sun. I don't know why, but maybe the power that the sun has can kind of power a wormhole. Well, uh, yeah. And now recently there are scientists coming out saying that we live inside a wormhole. I have no idea where they come up with that idea because so far, quantum mechanics has not supported that. But uh, there is pictures. What you just said, there, there is pictures. Um, uh, Soho, you know, the, the satellite that monitors the sun and take a picture about every 10 minutes. Uh, it has pictures of a smaller object next to the sun that is a little darker than the sun itself, but it is there. That looks like another sun next to our sun. And I've seen that picture. It's come off the Soho satellite. So there is something out there mm. that is coming around. Maybe that is the Nibiru system. Are you aware of the old Brookings report? If aliens did come to the planet, it would cause mass hysteria and humanity couldn't handle it? Yeah, 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 I, I know. Do you think that still holds true? No, no. People, uh, 
yeah, the fanatically Christians, they're going to be all, you know, <laughs> I, I, there's a term for it, but I'm trying to remember that we're on YouTube too. <laughs> so, uh, no, uh, the people now have been conditioned enough to be open to the possibility that there are other civilizations in space and they are coming now to make themselves known. Mm. Now, if those ships start shooting at things, yeah, that'll create fear. But there's another thing that I have seen, and that is that the first wave of UFOs are not our friends. But the second wave is our friends. Because the second wave, you could call them the uh, the the uh, extraterrestrials that have our best interest at heart and follow the uh, universal directories of non-interference and so on. So when the holograms show up, everybody on the earth knows that there is aliens out there. Now, the good ones, since we know, they can come in and clean up. Hmm. That is what I saw in the download I have quite a few years ago. There were two waves, and the second one clean up the first one. All right. Um, I, I hope that will work that way. Well, I think a lot of people believe that there are ETs here preventing us from getting into a total nuclear war. Yeah. And they all showed up actually around the time of World War II when we started testing them. Yes. Yeah, they did. Because uh, when we set off the first atomic bomb, then that the radiation from that went throughout space. And the extraterrestrials within certain reaches they discover, wait a minute, the humans, they found the matches. I hope they don't burn themselves down. We got to go and have a look. So uh, I think that's what caused it. Well, but on the other they've been on the moon for a long time monitoring us too. So we don't really know why there was a, an influx, probably because of the nuclear card. I'm going to switch gears here with you, Augie. What mm -hmm. are several ways people can communicate with spirits on the other side? Yeah, that's an interesting one. First of all, you got to ask yourself, do you really want to? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, and uh, if you want to, there's another saying is that don't ask the question if you don't want to hear the answer. So, if you decide that you are going to want to contact the other side, there are ways you can do it that'll work about every time. But you got to be ready for it because it is something that is totally different than what you've ever done before, most likely. Now, you're saying every single time? Pretty much. Um, uh, Except if you're an astral traveler, 
you've seen him. You know, you probably have communicated with him. But there is this radio that was created by Nikola Tesla in, I think he patented it in 1901. And it was, uh, it's called the Tesla Spirit Radio. It is simple to make. Even if you don't understand electronics much, you can probably make it. Simple, it's got about, I think, 14 different parts to it. Uh, maybe 15 if you, if you count the jar that you put it in. And if you have a friend that understands electronics, you can buy the parts for the radio on the internet. You can buy two sets, give it to your friend that understands electronics and tell him to make one for you and make one for him. And then you can have both have some fun. At least that's a good way to pay him back for what he does for you. So if you do that, you can fire that thing up and go to YouTube. There is uh, YouTube videos that explains how to put it together, what to do to make it work. <laughs> also, there's one of them I saw there. He hooked it up to his computer. He ran it through the computer to eliminate this background static. And uh, it was a lot clearer that because this thing has some background static to it, but when you speak into it, there's an antenna that works both for transmission and receiving. And uh, when you speak into it, just about every time you will hear a voice coming back at you. You can ask, what is your name? And you can hear the name coming back. You can ask, can I help you? If you dare to ask that question, because they can become very active at that point, because these people, they're lost. They need help. And they want to explain to you what their life is out there. That's just totally, they're in the darkness or they are in some place where they don't want to be. But you can hear them talking back to you. And for you to ask, can I help you? It's kind of a little, maybe you should think twice about that because you may not be able to help them unless you tell them, look, where you are, you are not supposed to be. Find the light and go through it. Or use the telephone. There's a telephone on the other side that you can call somebody and they'll come and help you. That telephone is very simple. It's not, not, not like the one you have. It is the telephone of think of your mom that has already passed over or another relative or someone you know. Think of them very intently. That thought and visual image in your mind sends them a message. They may get the message and they will come and basically tell you, yeah, you're not supposed to be here. Come with me. We're going to go home. And then they can go home. So you may be able to help them in that way. But this little contraption, you can have fun with it. But also remember, if you end up talking to somebody that is 
They're in the room next to you, but you can't see them. And they may get attached to you. So they may move into the house with you, which is okay to a certain point because you can't see them anyway, but they will be asking questions. They are needy spirits. So be a little careful. Protect yourself by telling them what they can do to solve their problem and going through the light and going home. That would be the better way to do it. And uh, being an astral traveler, you can also communicate with these. And that's not that hard to do on broadcastteamalpha.com at our website that Nori and I have. Uh, we have classes on uh, astral travel. You can go have a look at that because that's done through the mastermind that we have put together. And members of the mastermind can go and take those classes. And that's, uh, yeah, okay. Since I'm there, I might as well give you an email address where you can send us a message and ask for information. I will send you some information and a uh, and a link so you can come and participate and have a look at the mastermind. And that is the mastermind connection at gmail.com and that is uh, where you can where you can get connected up where you can actually go through those classes on astro travel and it's really interesting because astro travel is one way that you can communicate with departed ones but one thing is getting out of the body. That's not that hard to learn. But once you're out there, you have to have a better understanding of the environment that you step into because there are disembodied spirits. There are things out there that has never had physical bodies. And you know how to deal with that. That will make it more comfortable for you. And you find out also where you can go, how far you can go, and what you can do, and things like that. If we get back to the Tesla spirit radio, is it anything like these spirit boxes that you're seeing on YouTube? Yeah, uh, that's a different design. But from what I see, they're working also. Hmm. So uh, go to YouTube and poke around about speaking to disembodied entities or Tesla radio or spirit box and use these terms and you can find stuff. And uh, there may be some fakes out there, but I, I know the ones that is doing the Tesla Spirit Radio, I know that that is working. Now, I have not built one because uh, I don't understand much about electronics and I've never really had a deep desire to do it, but I know people that do and they're hearing the voices. You've been out of your body traveling can you tell us what you've seen on the other side? Well, yeah. You um, Once you leave the body, and you can learn how to do that. It's fairly simple. I, did, I, I didn't say easy. I said simple because there's a little bit of effort on your part. That's a little practice. It could take you a month doing it every night or every day, practicing it. And then you, when you get out of the body, you can turn around and look at yourself sitting in that chair or laying in that bed. And I remember the first time it happened to me. It scared the daylights out of me. I thought I died. 
but I realized that I could see myself breathing in that bed. So no, I'm still alive. I did it. I made it. And from there on, I started moving to going further away, further away, further away, learning more. And I had a mentor actually that kind of talked to me a little bit about what to expect out there. So I had a little pre-knowledge because the astral vehicle, when it leaves the body, it has no intelligence of its own. It only is operating from memory, memory stored in your brain. I don't think there is a good way for an astral vehicle to access the universal mind because it doesn't have a pituitary. And uh, <clears throat> But when you get out there, you could see disembodied spirits. What I recommend for people is that ignore them. Just don't, before you get comfortable out there, just ignore them and they will leave you alone. What do they look like? Well, they look like you and me. They, um, except for that they're grayish in color, kind of human form, because there are some of them in, in um, astral substance, which is a grayish body. You see features in it, and you see, but it's gray. And then there are others that look exactly like you. You can see color of clothing, and you can see all of it. Those are not astral traveling, but that's consciousness. And they take on the shape of the body if they feel good about that body. So there are also light bubbles. Those are higher vibratory spirits that come down here uh, to maybe explore or do something. They maybe have a purpose for being here. You can see them just flying by. You can see them coming and having a look at you, stopping next to you, and then they leave. You can try to communicate with them telepathically, and that very often can work. Now, we have our own personal sovereignty, so we don't have to do anything they tell us, right? Yeah, personal sovereignty. It's a tricky thing. There is things out there that can interfere with it. And... Uh, if some of those entities get too close, they may try to invade, then tell them, and you can do that telepathically, go away. And they will. They will have to go away when they're told to. They're, I haven't said this very many times, but there are dangers unless you understand the environment but there are not physical danger because there's nothing physical out there that can be harmed. But the astral vehicle is out there and it is observing, it is learning, it is seeing things. If that is scary, when you come back to the body, that fright, that scary thing comes back to the body and you will remember it and it could affect your mind. So uh, that's why it is very important to understand the environment that you step into. Do you think that people who channel could be channeling beings 
that are not who they claim to be? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any examples of All that? All these people out there that say they're, uh, I mean, channeling Jesus or Mother Mary or, yeah, I've, I I keep the salt shaker really close when I listen to stuff like that. You know what that term means. <laughs> you may need the whole shaker, actually, but I'm listening. <laughs> Let's take two minutes for one more thing that people can communicate. Or actually, uh, there is um, there is something called the soul phone. And that is being developed at the University of Arizona, right here in Tucson. And it's done by Dr. Schwartz. They have put together uh, an electronic contraption, so to speak. And they have hooked that up. It's an transmitting and receiving antenna and a bunch of electronics. And they funnel that into a computer. And they are typing in questions on the computer that is being sent out, that is like a, a question is, uh, it could be absolutely anything that could be answered by a yes or a no answer. When they type that in, the question goes out and then answer comes back. If it is a yes, it comes back in form of a green light. If it is a no, it comes back in form of a red light. And he made the statement one time, I think maybe a year or two ago, that so far, they, the, quest, the answers coming back has all been accurate. So they are communicating with something outside of the physical, and they don't really know what it is. They, they feel like it is spiritual entities. I am not so sure. They may be communicating with the universal mind or the universal consciousness. And because when it comes back, it's accurate. Spiritual entities out there, they don't know everything. They may have access to it, but I doubt it. There's a saying also saying that just because you're dead, that doesn't make you smart. Can you tell us about some of the different realms that are out there that you've seen during your traveling? Um, the first thing that you normally would, when you step out of the body, you, you end up in the lower regions of the astral worlds. And there's many levels to it. And the lower levels of the astral worlds or the um, vibrations it's not a good place to be. That's kind of the garbage dump of the uh, astral world. Because uh, that's where ghosts get trapped. And they don't know why they're there. It's full of atheists. That's people that have very little, if any, spiritual knowledge. So they totally believe that when I die, that's the end of it all, and I'm done, gone. And then they die, or they drop the body, and then they find themselves out there and say, wait a minute, boy, was I wrong? Now what do I do? So they get stuck there. They have no clue about what to do. 
if nobody come and meet them, they're stuck there. But there's another saying, and that is that nobody dies alone. But if there is an accident, it there are accidents, spiritual accidents too. So someone that maybe were supposed to come and get them at another time, they may not know. So they are not there to pick them up and tell them, hey, you graduated, come on home now. So this is one level. And then above there, it get more light. The first place you step out is usually a little darker, it's a little grayer, there's less light there. And then you get more light up the higher vibration. The higher vibrations of the astral worlds, that's where past, present, and future run together. And that one is a hard one to wrap our head around because how can you look at something from the past and the present and the future at the same time? No, you really don't. But you have access to it. So we know past and present and future is there. So what we do when we are there and have access to that, we think of something, let's say, from the past that we have already done or seen or been part of or participated in, or we think about it, and then it pops out so we can see it. Now, you could see it, you can engage with it and interact with that thing that you wanted from the past as it is right now in the present. We can also do that for the present or the future. So then the question is, yeah, sure. How do you look at the future? The future isn't created yet. Maybe it is. Because if you thought of something strong enough, you visualized it, you felt already having it, doing it, being it, and you spend your time intending for this to happen, you have given it a low form of life. And you place it into the universal mind, you can place it into the future, let's say at a Christmas party. Now, you, you're there, let's say, in the fifth or the sixth level of the uh, astral worlds. You can feel that thing that you have already created. Now it pops out as it would be at Christmas, at the Christmas party. It may look different now because now it has been accomplished. You only thought about it here, but you gave it law form of life to develop by Christmas. So now when it pops out, you can see that it is different. You, you see yourself actually living it as it was accomplished. This get involved so we can actually view the future and bring it back here and see what happened. If that thing totally flopped and became an accident, for something that you don't like at all, then erase that thing. The timeline that goes to it, erase it, create a new one, and you may be more successful.
this get into something that uh, if you go to broadcastteamalpha.com into the videos, I talk about things of, like this in some of the videos where you actually can create the future that you want. And uh, you can work with that. If a person is aware of their impending death, and once they do cross over, what should they do? If they are not aware of it. If they are aware. Okay. <clears throat> well, first of all, when I get the question that, do you believe in life after death? I have to tell them no, because there is no death. There is only life. What we are seeing around us here is an artificially created projection of a commonly accepted reality. A simulation. A simulation. The proof is now out there. By the way, if you go to Scientific American, last issue, front page, confirmed we live in a simulation. Mm. Right there. And they explain why. Actually, I haven't read all of it yet, but it's going to be interesting. <clears throat> now, if you know that you are going to drop the body and step out, prepare for it. And if you are an atheist and listen to this, just remember that when you get there and look back and say, boy, was I wrong, remember what I told you. Find the light and go through it and you go home. Or if you don't see any light, think of a relative that is passed over very strongly, intently. Feel it. See them in front of you. Visualize them. That's the, 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 the call to call, phone home, ET. That's when you contact them because they are in a reality where they are very telepathic. They can feel you because you are a relative of them. You have associated together. You're connected. Everything in the universe is connected anyway, but some people are connected more than others, especially relatives. So prepare for it. And I should go, I should actually say this. For those of you that has been in the war, have killed people. Don't worry about it. Because nothing bad has to happen to you afterward because of that. I know a, uh, a guy here in Tucson. He was a sniper for the U.S. Army in Vietnam, and he had, I think, 2021 20, confirmed kills. He was just ordered to kill these people. He didn't know why. And because of that, later on, when he became religious, church kept telling him that, hey, if you kill somebody, you're going to this place downstairs, you know, in the basement next to the furnace and the door open. That's not going to be a good place for you, but I saw you because you killed those people. No, don't believe it at all. He had a near-death experience when everything was wonderful. He ended up 
meeting a relative, it was taken to a place and there was all overwhelming love everywhere. And he was told that you have a choice, you can stay with us or you can go back and you can tell people about it, that will do more good for mankind. So you, he was suggested to go back and he did. There are some people who believe that we are tricked and trapped into returning and reincarnating over and over again. And these people would probably say, don't go to the light. Can, yeah. you, can you comment on that? Yeah, if you don't go to the light, what's your alternative? Stay in the darkness? Would that be a good place? No. No, if you go through the light, yeah, you will be presented. First of all, we come there with the amnesia. So there's a re-education re process to be able to understand the environment that you are now in. They will suggest to you that maybe you should develop your soul, essence, a little further. And here are some life situations that you can go back and you can learn more from. But you always will have a choice. Would you go back? Or do you not want to go back? What is their intention of sending us back? What is their reasoning for Further it? learning and growth. So it's not nothing nefarious. Yeah. And one of the things that is important for us to learn here because we can't learn it anywhere else. And that is that everything here is a simulation. It's artificial. It's created by our mind. So we have, our mind has the capability of creating anything we want. So what we allow to dwell in our mind, that is what we're going to have in our physical existence. And now, when we drop the body, we have accumulated knowledge of previous life existences that is searching to find one thing. And that is one of the things that we need to learn. And that is that physical existence is not that important. It's the spiritual existence that is important. And that's what we need to learn. And it's the spirit or the soul essence live forever. And the spiritual growth is more important than accumulating all the toys here so you can win the race. When we reach a certain level of spiritual growth, there's no need to go back here anymore. And until we get to that place, maybe another trip around the sun uh, could be useful for us. But we do have a choice when you go through that light. Uh, I remember, I remember standing around that place where there were other entities. They presented, I think, three or four different life situations to me and asked me, do you want to take on more learning? And then they were explained the reason for that learning. But I also had a choice of not doing it. If I chose not to go back, 
then there will be more education, there will be more work for me. I could become a guardian angel for someone else that it has a physical existence, or I could be doing other things that I don't really remember a lot of the things that they had mentioned. So are you planning on coming back next time? I don't think I'm going to need to, because I have gained a lot of spiritual knowledge, and uh, I feel that I should be able to graduate. And another thing that is very important, and that is forgiveness. Forgive yourself for everything you have done of not of the higher good. Forgive everybody else for allowing you to do what you did, in this case, to them. Or if there are other things that you can think of that you're not proud of, then forgive it all. That forgiveness is very important. Without the forgiveness, you may have to come back and relive some of it in a reversed of what you did to someone else. So there are different situations that can be presented to you for you to learn the experience of forgiveness. Augie, what is the best way to pray that works? It's not the words. The words are basically worthless. It's the feeling and the mental images, the intention, the love that goes with the words that is important. That's why uh, on the mastermind, we do some incredible things. We use, it seems like we are creating things out of seemingly nothing sometimes. And that could be like, not recently, uh, one of the members he said, "My uh, my wife is in the hospital with you know the the V, <laughs> and uh, and uh, they were going to start the protocol on her with the ventilator and the uh, the other stuff. And uh, what can we do? He said, "Can we help her?" So we wrapped our mastermind around her, around the hospital. <clears throat> And we spent probably five minutes just visualizing her walking out of the hospital perfectly healthy. Even though she was in a pretty bad shape, they didn't have much hope. And the next day in the afternoon, the guy called me and he said, my wife is home. The doctors told her that you recovered so fast that there was no reason for us to keep you any longer. Wow. That's the kind of things that can, and there's many other healings that we've had. We created rain almost. Well, it wasn't a clear sky, but in an hour and a half, the sky darkened up and there was howling rain that put out the forest fires that was uh, threatening this lady's home. Would you say that prayer is synonymous with manifestation? In many cases, I would say so, yeah because I think we manifested the rain and we manifested the healing for this lady. Of course, it was funneled through her and she may not even have known it. But I think it, they are kind of, um, I would at least say close cousins. Now, you mentioned your mastermind 
session or mastermind group, and you guys get together every Sunday for an hour or something? Yeah, we do the mastermind for an hour, and after that, we talked about what we did, or we discuss anything that is of a higher consciousness that may come up. So uh, this mastermind, you know, remember the mastermind principle is when two or more minds are united in harmony, they create a third mind, a mind that has potential mind power of the two or more of them multiplied by each other. And let's say that a thousand people get together, concentrate and visualize and intend for one thing to happen. Now, a thousand times a thousand, that's the mind power of a million minds, and that is very powerful. It is no longer just thought. Now it's an energy that can create things, and that is what the uh, Native Americans do with the rain dance. They tell you that they don't think rain. You live rain. They feel the rain falling on their head, running down their clothes, just like we did when we created the rain. We were stood there on the hill watching towards where the forest fires was, and we felt the rain coming down. We were all wet. Hair was wet, clothes were wet, my boots were filling up with water, and we saw the rain coming down. We felt it. We loved it. And that's why it happened, because that is the prayer. The prayer is the feeling of already having it. During your mastermind sessions, do you also teach how to reprogram the subconscious mind? Um, I Yeah, I think we have actually done that. Uh, right now, I have on... Uh, there's one thing that is very simple. You can actually do it while you sleep. It is something that I did in flight school right after I came to the United States. I had, uh, you know, the big tape recorders with two reels on it, you know. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and uh, I had an endless loop tape. I think it was 30 minutes long. <laughs> and... When I uh, needed to know something for a test, I went through and I talked in on the endless loop tape what I needed for the test in flight school. And then I put that on and I turned the volume so that I could barely hear it and I went to sleep. So every 30 minutes it went through and I reprogrammed my mind for remembering everything I heard so I would have perfect recall at any time I wanted or needed. And when I took the tests later on, I did very well on the tests because uh, I think uh, the first test I did there, I didn't make the, uh, the honor roll on the wall, but all the others, I had it on the wall of honor. So I, I know that that probably wouldn't have happened unless I did this. And uh, I have created on YouTube, on Broadcast Team Alpha on YouTube, I've created a tape, uh, actually a tape, a recording that will, if it run for a long period of time, a couple of three hours, if you run that while you sleep, 
it will help to reprogram the subconscious mind for the, the two of the first ones I did was for perfect memory. So you remember everything you need to know and have perfect recall at any time you want it or need it. And also for perfect health. See that your body knows how to heal itself. So when you run this during the night, the subconscious mind will hear it over and over and over again. And repetition is a way to reprogram the subconscious mind. The other way is hypnosis. And uh, that is another thing that you can do. It's uh, hypnosis. That's kind of the shortcut to that. And uh, Nori Love is a hypnotherapist. So if it's got anything to do with health issues, she's the one to talk to because she is she can help there and uh i'm not a hypnotherapist i'm i was taught by a magician so i'm a little uh more direct and rougher in the edges so to speak but i can i was specialized in breaking down barriers and uh there's something that i was taught that uh when there is a shock introduced to the subconscious mind we have about a half a second whatever is said in that half a second goes directly in and will make an immediate change in the subconscious mind so if you tell somebody that you're now you're in sleep if you shake their hands and pull it real hard and then tell them sleep they are going to be totally dazed and they are going to be asleep. And whatever you tell them in that time, it goes directly into the subconscious and reprograms it. So this is tricks that uh, stage hypnotists use this, but they don't talk a lot about it because they don't talk about it in uh, the uh, PhDs that writing books on hypnosis because they want the people to come back, you know, and buy more books and stuff. The very first time you came, we talked about life extension and I actually learned from you and added to my own personal health regimen, taking astragalus. Can yep. you give us some other life extension secrets? Uh, yeah. Um, I have been, uh, I've been doing this now for, I don't know, probably four or five years or something like that. And uh, I know that um, five years ago or more, I started to get a little rough in the edges, you know, like gray hair and things. And no, I don't have much of that anymore. But some of the wrinkles around the eyes and stuff, they're not there anymore. So I know something is working. And in my book about spiritual science, higher conscious thinking, and how to access the universal consciousness, I explain what I do in order to reverse the aging process. I'm 77 years old, and uh, I think I'm doing something right. Mm -hmm. Now, don't take my word for this. Yes, you can reverse the aging process, but don't take my word for it. Go to the Nobel Committee's website because the Nobel Prize was given to three doctors that discovered an enzyme that will reverse the aging process and nobody told us. Go to the Nobel Committee website, scroll down to 2009, scroll down again to medical submissions and read the papers. Now, that is 14 years ago. A lot has happened now. There's much more understanding on how to do this. And uh, 
there is medical research, lots of medical research that show that astragalus, the Chinese herb astragalus, actually, it's not Chinese anymore. You can grow it anywhere now. That helps to stop the aging process. And there is another one that I'm going to show you. That is actually called the immortality herb in China. And it's this one, Jaogulan herb, J-I-A-O-G-U-L-A-N herb. The Jaogulan herb, if you take this also with astragalus and also take black pepper I with the astragalus, that multiplies the effect of it. And the black pepper I take is uh, pepperine. It's uh, an extract off of black pepper. It is not so hard on the palate when you when you take it. If if you take black pep black pepper, you know, uh, your head could explode. So <laughs> otherwise, in that book I explain the regiment what I do, and I know it is working. I work 12, 16 hours a day, and I have more energy than anybody I know. How much astragalus are you taking daily? It says in the medical research that show that this work is that you should take it in the large doses. If you take a teaspoon in the morning, one in the afternoon, and one in the late evening or something like that, uh, that should be enough. I, I take two or three. Often it just ends up being two because I either forget or just, you know, don't do it. <clears throat> but uh, two or three, I make it a, a rounded teaspoon, so there's, uh, you know, quite a bit on it. I mix it with water and juice because it is totally tasteless. So it's kind of like it got a little gritty to it so that it tastes like wood, actually. Yeah, I was going to say it tastes a little nutty to me. Yeah, it's not a bad taste. It's just kind of like a boring taste. That's the word for it. What do you know about, and I hope I'm saying this correctly, ashwagandha? I take it. I don't really know a lot about it because I'm not, I haven't researched it. I, uh, I have a housemate here that is a walking encyclopedia on natural health, and she told me, you know, ashwagandha is good, take it. So I took her word for it, and I'm taking it. And um, I know that uh, other people are really saying it's good for a lot of things, and I do so many different things to stay healthy and stay in shape that I don't know what does it. You know, all the things I do, the Tibetan rites, it's an exercise program. And uh, I take uh, a lot of supplements. And of course, now, because of this global program going on, uh, we uh, should probably take another one is NAC. I don't know what the chemical formula name is, NAC. You can buy it in health stores, health food stores. That tends to break up this thing that is affecting our body. All right. In the beginning, I mentioned that you are the co-host of Broadcast Team Alpha. 
how often are you guys broadcasting? Oh, we are. Uh, we do one show on uh, Tuesdays, on uh, Tuesday night at eight o'clock East Coast time, USA, five o'clock uh, Pacific. And uh, we have guests on, and sometimes we do a show by ourselves. And I also do um, independent videos sometimes. And uh, by the way, if you go into the videos and um, uh, look down in there, I do a couple of them on uh, reversing the aging process because science has found out why that we age and die. And it's because of the shortening of the telomeres at the end of the chromosomes inside every cell of our body. If we have a this astragalus helps us to keep the telomeres long enough for the cells to be able to replicate themselves so we don't get stuck with old cells in the body. Well, that's why. But um, there's a lot of good videos in there, and uh, I talk a lot about the mind. I talk about the spiritual existences, and um, just go and check under videos. There's a lot of videos in there that uh, will make your life better. Is your YouTube channel called Aggie Nost, or is it called Broadcast oh, Team Alpha? It's Broadcast Team Alpha. Yeah, right. I don't. I don't have a brood. Uh, YouTube channel in my name. I just uh, broadcast Team Alpha. And then if you go to uh, YouTube and put my name in there, then there's a bunch of videos come. But that's from other shows that I've done. Well, if people want to ask you questions, what's the best way to do that? Uh, contact us through the website broadcastteamalpha.com. And uh, I try to answer everything that uh, uh, I can. Um, it got a little busy lately because I was on coast to coast AM and I got swamped because I let the people find me there at the website. And uh, I, I still got several days to catch up on, but, uh, you know, I, I'll catch up on it. Well, Aggie, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? One last positive message is that you are in charge. Don't let anybody else kill your dream. Because people without a dream, they knew, never do anything of excellence. Find the dream. I don't care how big it is. Think of something that you want to do absolutely more than anything else in your life. I don't care how big it is. Hopefully, it's so big that it scares the daylight out of you. And then sit down, visualize it into existence in your mind, feel it, do it. And then place it in the future somewhere. Go back and forth to that thing that you have created and put in the future. So you lay down a tractor strings to it. And then contact us. Join us in the mastermind. And we will show you how you can do that. And with the principles that you will read about in the book, spiritual science, higher conscious thinking, and how to access the universal consciousness. 
it will teach you how to use your mind in ways that you normally would think would be impossible because there is a solution to everything and you have them accessible to you. Get a hold of me. Contact us at themastermindconnection at gmail.com. If you're part of the mastermind, we will help you create it. Because you have already created it by developing that dream, placed it into the quantum existence. Now I will show you how to bring it back into the physical. Augie, thank you for that message. And thank you again for being my guest. It was fun. It was. And uh, in the words of Spock, I used to say, live long and prosper. I don't do this anymore because Nori told me that this is a satanic symbol. Mm, wow. I didn't know that. I didn't know that I either. I don't do it anymore, but either way, the, the slogan that Sparks stands by, that is a good one. I'm, I'm just not going to do this anymore. Sounds good. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.